Welcome to Journal Talk, a weekly podcast about journal writing for passion, clarity, and purpose. Passion. Reignite that passion for the things and people you care about most. Clarity. Discover who you are and what you really want. Purpose. Get to the heart of life's issues to remember your divine purpose. And now, here's your host of Journal Talk, Nathan Oren. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 51 of Journal Talk. This is the free weekly podcast featuring tips, tools, techniques to inspire journal writing for a life of passion, clarity, and purpose. (sighs) You know, one of my favorite seasons is springtime. And maybe that's because my birthday is in April. Maybe that's one of the reasons I love springtime, you know, but also the weather's changing and it's not just getting warmer outside. It feels something feels like it's getting warmer on the inside. You know, it feels like there's another type of a new year that's that's coming. It's a chance to refresh and recharge those batteries and get back to work on things that you love and things that you care about. Now, I know it's not quite springtime yet as of the release of this episode. And in fact, I know some parts of the country, uh, my good friends in New York and family members out there in New York, for example, are still very covered in piles of snow. Boston is just crazy. There's just so much going on. Harsh weather this year. But this episode is sort of an, uh, a preparation for your next spring cleaning because today I have a guest who advocates for journal writing in yet another interesting way. Carolyn Kenline has over 20 years of experience assisting people with clearing clutter, not only from their homes, but also their heads and hearts and schedules. And Carolyn is a licensed mental health counselor in private practice. She's a certified journal therapist from the Center for Journal Therapy. She's a coach, a workshop leader in Bellingham, Washington, and she takes a very gentle approach incorporating journal writing throughout the process of making space for what matters most in your life. Now, I have a little story about this. Don't I always... And I'm sure anyone who has ever had to change jobs or relocate can can probably relate to this, especially you busy people, people who are on the move and just have a lot of things going on. You know, back in 2009, I was offered a position within the company that I work for to build an office, build a team in New York. And it meant that I would have to move to there to, to New York for two or three years. And I was really excited for this opportunity. I love travel. I love living in new places, especially who wouldn't want to, who wouldn't want to see the big apple for a few years. And after sleeping on it, you know, thinking it over, I did accept the offer and I started to make the move. And since I knew that I was eventually going to come back to California when the New York office was on its feet and fully operational, I I didn't want to bring all my belongings with me, so I I just wanted to pack some basic things, and I was going to put the rest into storage. So in a relatively short period of time, we're talking like within a week, I had to go through all my belongings, you know, cabinets, cupboards, closets, junk drawers, and even the dreaded garage. 
And I had to determine basically what stays and what goes. And, you know, I've never considered myself a pack rat. You know, I'm not the kind of person who needs to save every little thing. Back then, I was living in a modest size, two-bedroom place. I kept it fairly organized. I, I enjoy being somewhat of a functional minimalist. You know, I, I don't buy things that I don't usually need or that I'm not going to use. And and I always throw things out when they stop working, you know, like the old toaster or, you know, old appliances that stop working. They're out when they need to be replaced. And somehow going through every single thing that I owned was a huge task and I had not mentally prepared for it. First of all, there were boxes and boxes of journals, right, that I had no idea what to do with. I was no way I was going to throw those away, but I certainly didn't want to take them with me and let them sit around in New York for three years. And I didn't want to pay, you know, $200 a month or whatever to keep them in a storage unit. So, there were a lot of things like that, like some basic things you, you'd expect, clothes and blankets and dishes and some furniture. Everyone has stuff like that, I would imagine. And then there's a lot of sentimental things, stuffed animals and loads of books and little souvenirs from trips that I had taken, postcards, letters that I had from high school friends, you know? I mean, a lot of items that were really irreplaceable. But essentially, they were worthless. I mean, it didn't, I couldn't, there's no price tag. I, I wasn't going to be able to purchase them when I come back and I couldn't sell them. So because I only had a week, I had to make some very rash decisions. I decided, you know, I, I tried, I really tried to throw some of it away, but I had no idea how emotionally challenging it was going to be to let go of some of the things that had been with me for so long. So I just, I just did what I think a lot of people do. I just put a ton of stuff into storage and I told myself, you know, I'll deal with this when I get back. Now, anyone who has ever rented storage space can probably relate to this. <laughs> What's coming up? By the way, I had a great time in New York. Those were two and a half, almost three amazing years. Big shout out to all my friends, my pals, my fans out in the Big Apple. I miss it a lot over there, just being able to visit Times Square, Central Park, you know, on the train ride. I lived up in the North Shore of Long Island. I had a blast. A studio apartment, you know. <laughs> shout out to all my friends in New York. I lived very comfortably with one set of dishes, one change of bed sheets, no television, no bookshelf full of books and stuff. You know, truly basic things, just the way you would, you know, a pure minimalist might live. And it was great. And after I got things all set up in the New York office there, I hired and trained folks and, and got a manager, brought in a manager to, to run it all. And I came back to California. I found a new place to live. And guess what? I rented a very small one-bedroom place and I completely avoided my storage room, the storage space that I was paying for monthly. And I don't even want to tell you how much I was paying every month for this because it was easier to keep paying that bill than to go down there and figure out what to do with all that stuff. It was just something I was avoiding. And <laughs> I, 
I'm laughing because there's people in my life who tease me, you know, you ever had, you've had those family members kind of tease me for suggesting so earnestly all the time that journal writing can, can be helpful for any goal, any obstacle, any breakthrough that you want for yourself in your life, you know, get writing. But I, here's an example of how journal writing saved me over $300 a month. Oops, did I tell you how much I was paying? <laughs> it helped me not only save the money, but it helped me deal with a lifetime of memories and emotions that I was carrying around with me and just refusing to look at. And the person who helped me with this is my guest on the show today, Carolyn Kenline. Now, I don't know, do you remember back when we had that episode about sub-personalities? It was, it was episode 41. Anyway, in this interview, you're going to hear Carolyn reminding us that we have something like a committee of sub-personalities, and we can draw upon those alter egos of ours for support whenever we need it. And I love the part in the interview where Carolyn, she not only reveals a couple of her own sub-personalities, kind of proving that she herself even is not a total neat freak, but she's also published a fairy tale called The Bear's Gift about that very subject. So we'll hear more about that. Anyway, Carolyn is most well known for her book called Confronting Clutter. And that's the book that helped me to empty out my storage locker, deal with all the things, just the stuff hanging around in my life I didn't want to face. And, and it was good stuff too. It wasn't even negative stuff. It wasn't like fears and problems and trauma. I mean, these were precious items in my life and I, I had locked them up and what wasn't, didn't want to go be with them. She offers journal writing techniques and other kinds of exercises that remind us you don't have to change your entire personality to make progress on being a tidier person. There are things that you can do in just a few minutes to support some healthy new habits. And in this interview, uh, she's going to offer three weights that you can lift off your shoulders right now today about clearing clutter. Many of these things might surprise you. They didn't surprise me because I know journal writing is key. And she uses, she says, journal writing can be a key to finding strength and comfort navigating through all those complex and mixed emotions associated with cleaning or clearing clutter or spring cleaning, if you will. Carolyn teaches a workshop through the Therapeutic Writing Institute online, and she's also one of my favorite supporters of the Looking Back, Looking Forward journaling kit. For those of you who haven't heard, you can go online. There's a journaling kit EasyJournaling.com slash LBLF stands for Looking Back, Looking Forward. And that is a journaling kit that's specifically designed to help people use journal writing to support themselves and to find guidance through any type of transition. Could be big life transition or just a milestone or it could be just the passing of time. It's a really great way to use your journal to reflect back what you've had, what you've been, what you've done through, and also design where you're going, where you're headed, and what's important to you. Carolyn Kenline has provided expertise on that very journal writing kit product, and she's allowed us to use some of her materials in that program. So check it out at easyjournaling.com slash LBLF. 
And now it gives me great pleasure to share with you my interview with Carolyn Kenline. And now I'm very pleased to have in the Journal Talk studio with me, Carolyn Kenline. Carolyn, how are you? I'm good. Nice to talk with you, Nathan. Yeah, welcome to Journal Talk. It's good to good to talk to you. I'm excited to be here today. Same here. <laughs> and, uh, and for anyone who might be concerned that Carolyn is coming over a cold, but she sounds great to me, so we decided to go ahead with it. <laughs> Should I have said that? Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I've shared a little bit about who you are and how you've already impacted my life and helped me through some things. But uh, tell us a little bit for people who may not know that you online, you go by by mistake. I think this happened. uh, Carolyn Clutter Clearer. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's on Facebook. That's what I am. But in, in normal life, I'm Carolyn Kenline. <laughs> yes, yeah. Tell us what you do and how does it relate to journal writing? Well, one of my specialties is helping people clear clutter. And that's not just physical clutter. It's also mental and emotional clutter and schedule clutter. And I also specialize in helping people use clutter clearing to navigate life transitions Mm -hmm. as a way of saying goodbye to the old and making space for the new. I'm also a a therapist in private practice, and I've I've had a practice in Bellingham, Washington for about 21 years, and I mostly specialize there in helping people navigate transitions. Mm -hmm. I, I sometimes work as an Skyping coach, you know, coaching people with their clutter by Skype, and I'm a workshop leader, and I'm also a certified journal therapist. Mm-hmm. And really, I use writing in everything that I do. I use it in the therapy office. I always integrate it into every workshop, and it's just turned out to be a really helpful way to get at the mental and emotional clutter that underlies the physical clutter. Mm-hmm. So it's really a big part of the clutter work that I do. Yeah, yeah. And I can see how clutter and or clutter clearing and life transitions are really so connected because I mean, oh, yeah. in the most basic level, I'm thinking about, you know, when somebody passes away, a loved one or whatever, and then you've got to go through that estate, mm-hmm. you know, that house of things. And there's, you know, like, there's a story I could share at some point about, you know, my mom having to shift from one house to another. And just oh, yeah. having to help her go through all that stuff is overwhelming. And so I can see how the two things, that's just one example, I'm sure, I'm sure many other examples, any, anytime you're moving from one place to another, that kind of a very basic physical transition. Right. And, and even, you know, with the change in the year, the new year, mm-hmm. uh, it's an opportunity to look back and say, you know, what have I accumulated over this year and what's really supporting me and what's really getting in my way? And it's a way of keeping your life fresh and vital and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a little less complicated, too. <laughs> yeah. So how did you, how did, what magic fairy visited you and <laughs> made you the uh, 
the one gifted in this? How did you how did you come upon this this talent? Well, you know, it's funny because I I'm probably someone who struggled with clutter quite a bit as a child because we moved a lot and you know, every time we moved and I was facing a new school and a new home and a new neighborhood and all those new things, my unpacking my stuff in my room was sort of how I knew I was me. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, so I had my own sort of relationship with stuff going on, but I didn't really get interested in the topic of clutter until I was in graduate school and I was getting my master's in psychology and at the same time, I was I had a small house cleaning business. And so I, there I was behind the scenes in all these different workspaces and living spaces and looking at them through psychological eyes and just learning how many people had clutter going on behind mm-hmm, the scenes mm-hmm. and really seeing that it was affecting the quality of their lives. And so I just kind of made that time a study in clutter and I (laughs) thought about it a lot. I wrote about it a lot. I read about it and talked to people. And then eventually after I became a therapist, I started teaching small classes and kind of learning as I went, what was actually helpful to people and what wasn't. Mm. Mm. Wow. Uh, The image that comes to my head is, you know, being, you know, for, for people out there who have, house cleaners, you know, like to think that they are undercover, doing undercover study work <laughs> on. <laughs> horrible <thought>. uh, <laughs> I'm not going to touch anything here that I'm not supposed to, but I'm collecting a lot of data right now. <laughs> but I've always honored confidentiality. Of course, of course. But it, it is an interesting um, perspective. So get, can you share maybe an example of, you know, working with somebody who came came all the way through your process? Well, you know, I would say that people who come to me in general are very, they're feeling stuck and they're often feeling ashamed and there's a lot of avoidance going on and self-blame. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, what I tend to do is do everything I can, first of all, to lower the shame and increase the inspiration. And what I'm trying to do is make it more of a creative act, make it more of a gift for yourself that you're doing this, and also do everything I can to help you access your own inner wisdom along the way. And Mm. and journaling (laughs) plays a big part in that. So I can think of like a woman I worked with who was a kind of a frustrated artist and her, her studio space was just overrun with clutter. So she couldn't really use it, you know, and I, I got her uh, dialoguing with the space through journaling and writing letters to objects and, (laughs) and, you know, visualizing what she really wanted. You know, mm-hmm, the, space, mm-hmm, the kind mm-hmm. of space she really wanted, letting her really dream into that. And, you know, what happens is as, as you really support someone in this process and they start going through the stuff, making choices about what, what gives them joy, what energizes them and mm-hmm, what just feels mm-hmm. like a burden, they start to gain confidence in their ability to make 
decisions. They start to get clearer about what it is they want. They start to be more clear about what's the clutter in the way of it. And all of a sudden, this object that seems so cool starts to seem irrelevant and mm-hmm. like something they could release and let go. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the joy that comes in actually really claiming a space and saying, you know, I really want to be making art in this space. Even if making art is risky, you know, that she just lit up over time, you know, mm-hmm, and, it, mm-hmm. and it really just takes a lot of um, compassionate, respectful support. Yeah, I can see. You know, while you were talking, the image that came to me was, you know, how easy it is to place meaning on all of these objects things that get in my way usually are things like, well, I like that because that guy, I got that as a gift from someone who right. knew blah, blah, blah. And you've got this whole story attached to it. And, and I don't know where to put it. And I like being reminded of that. And so, you know, how to, and, and, and what I hear you saying is like, you, you acknowledge those things in some way. And then at the same time, honoring that, Hey, what I'd really like more in this space right here than remembering that, you know, friend from high school (laughs) who gave me a gift, you know, because they read an article or whatever, you know, just, just, just reminding ourselves of uh, the joy and the, uh, you know, the, the, what we really want with, with a, with a space. Yeah. And, and, and and then uh, just in terms of letting go of an object, you know, sometimes just writing down the story of the object or taking a picture of it or something that can help you hold the energy of it without having to hold the object. Mm. Mm. I like that. I like that. Wow. Take a picture of me holding this thing with a big smile on my face. Then I always have that picture. I always have that memory. And yet it doesn't take up any space. I can save that on a on a folder in my hard drive somewhere uh, labeled, you know, great memories. Exactly. Right. I like it. And, you know, I'm, I'm often asking people, just inviting people to say, does this give me energy or does this drain my energy? Because a lot of the things we're holding on to are, you know, broken pieces of things we were going to try to put together someday or <laughs> a gift we didn't actually ever like or, you know, things that, we're a mistake to buy and we can sort of end up haunting ourselves with those things. Mm, mm, Yeah. All good intentions, but they become obligations. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you don't have to fill your home with reminders of the mistakes you made or the people (laughs) you didn't like or that kind of thing. And then, and then there's the things like you were describing where it's a good memory, but do you actually need to keep the objects? Sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes the answer is no. But you ask it of yourself as a fresh question. Yes, yeah, that's great. That's great. Carolyn, have you ever done any work with people on that? I've seen that show on TV long ago. I don't know if it's still there, but the Hoarders, I think it's called. Yeah, Hoarders. Well, (laughs) I have, especially early on in in my career. And I would say... I don't really specialize in working with hoarders. For one thing, I will only work with people who really, really want my help. Uh And 
who see it as a, you know, as something that needs to change. And I'm usually trying to keep, catch people a little earlier in the process, you know, <laughs> <laughs> because the truth, the truth is when you have someone that's say elderly, maybe they've got an addiction going on or a very, or uh, some mental health problem going on and a backlog of decades worth of stuff and not no energy or, you know, it becomes this very, very interacted problem. Mm-hmm. And, and really my work is much more about people who are starting to see that things are moving in that direction, but that still feel they have some power of choice in it. Good, good. Yeah. That's important. That's an important distinction. Yeah. 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 Very good. All right. Well, I want to take a quick break. And when we come back, I can't wait to hear uh, Carolyn's three keys for success. You'll share those with us when we get back. All righty. All right. Stay tuned. You're listening to Journal Talk, a podcast featuring techniques, inspiration, and expert interviews for journal writing. If you have questions, comments, or feedback, you can reach Nathan directly through email at nathan at easyjournaling.com. If you have a question for our Journal Talk Q&A session, please leave a voice message on the Journal Talk listener hotline at 1-805-751-6280. We'll send you a thank you gift if we feature your question on an episode of Journal Talk Q&A. Thanks for sharing your voice. And now, back to more Journal Talk. All right, welcome back to Journal Talk. I'm Nathan Oren, and I am here with Carolyn Kenline, and she has a great message for really all of us. I'm really inspired by the things that we've talked about so far, and welcome back, Carolyn. Glad to have Thanks, you here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's fun uh, <laughs> sharing all about this, and you know, especially around those natural transitions of life, like you mentioned the beginning of the year. Not sure if this episode probably won't be close to close to January anymore. We're, we're recording it close to January, but it'll probably come out a little bit later. But it's timeless. One thing I love about podcast episodes is um, we can refer back to this next year, <laughs> at, at right. two, uh, 2016, 2017, whenever we want to. And it's a good reminder. Also, I would imagine um, people leaving the house, you know, like uh, you have kids going off to school. Oh, any, yeah. Anything like that. And and even just the change in the seasons, you know, going. Oh, from... right. Yeah. Putting packing up all that winter clothes and then pulling out your T-shirts and spring wear. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but it's all a chance to sort of take a fresh look at what's going on in your life and what's what's feeding you and what's not. And, you know, what is it you're trying to make space for in this next chunk of time, whatever it is that you did on your birthday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good point. And this might be an interesting, a good, a good time to mention that Carolyn Kenline is one of the sponsors of our looking back, looking forward journal writing challenge uh, that's available I'll put up the link on the show notes for this, but it starts with a free download of a conversation, a panel discussion that was led by Ruth Follett from the International Association for Journal Writing. And it's a big opportunity to look at, you know, how to use your journal to look back 
and then also how to use it to look forward, which, you know, implies that that is the current moment is really a, some kind of a transition. And Carolyn, I love the the ideas, the uh, writing prompts that you offered for that challenge. The really, really was a value add to the overall theme because it, it really made a very practical and some activities that you offer people in that challenge too, or just, just what you're talking about here about you know, making space, inviting, what do I really want in my life and what's blocking me and what's, uh, what's holding me back? Well, and the, the neat thing about the clutter issue is it's so concrete, you know, it's like the stuff and the space and, and it's all these wonderful physical ways to work with these kind of bigger life questions. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a funny story about Gertrude. <laughs> well... <laughs> So here's the thing I, that I think might surprise a lot of people that know that I'm, a, you know, I, I'm sort of known in Bellingham as the clutter queen. <laughs> you walking down the street and they start, start reporting to me about there their clutter. There she is. Yeah. But, you know, the truth is that I am also a messy person at times. No. Uh, it's true. I, especially when I'm being creative, you know, like if you were to look in my home office at any particular moment, if I was in the middle of a creative project of some kind, you might see stuff everywhere. And so that's because, you know, even though I love order, I love having a place for everything. And, you know, I, I find peace in sorting my cupboards and drawers. That's really just one part of me. Mm. And I, that's a part that I like to call Gertrude. And yet there are other parts of me, like there's a part I like to call Alexandria, who's very um, kind of bold and she likes things to be kind of exciting and adventurous. And she's very bored by housework and little details and that sort of thing. And uh, anyway, so when I'm like really going with a, a creative project, what I'll do is I'll let myself make a mess and be in the flow But then I'll set a timer for 10 minutes of Gertrude time. And then I invite my inner Gertrude to come forward and really enjoy the process of putting things away. Wow. Wow. That's great. That's great. Wait a minute. Are you admitting to some multiple personalities here? (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I really do think I I subscribe to the idea of subpersonalities, which is we're we're not just one personality. We're a whole bunch of different facets and we draw on different parts of ourselves for different reasons, you know, for different circumstances. Sure. I think what can happen, unfortunately, is sometimes your, your different subpersonalities or mine can kind of vie to be in the driver's seat and come to an impasse. And I actually wrote a, a fairy tale about this called The Bear's Gift, where ah. I parts of my creative process, like the dreamer, the hard worker, and then the bold one who would put it out into the world. And I turned them into three sisters who couldn't get along and then made it into a magical tale that's all about how they kind of ended up being able to work together. Beautiful, beautiful. I love that. I love stories like that too, especially when they are, when they have that sort of allegorical feel to it. So, what's the name of the book? It's called The Bear's Gift. 
And that's available through my website, which is confrontingclutter.com. Okay, super. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, should we all have an inner Gertrude or whatever name that we uh, that we <laughs> might come up with who enjoys <laughs> enjo- finds some enjoyment of uh, order? Do you but help you people have... find that personality? Well, I, I yeah, I do actually. And the nice thing is, then you don't have to change your whole personality. To being this neat, tidy person. Uh huh. So it's permission. Yeah. Okay. To be yourself. <laughs> you only have to do it for ten minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Carolyn, I'm I'm eager to hear about your three keys to success. So please tell us, everybody who not I shouldn't say everybody, but you know when I do feedback surveys about you know what people like about journal talk, one thing on the top of everybody's list is. They like things to do. They like ideas and suggestions to take to their journal. So what what would you offer the Journal Talk listeners to take away and try out? Okay, well, here are three keys. The first one I would say is to very intentionally make your journal your ideal clutter-clearing companion. Like project onto your journal the most supportive, kind, wise, friend or being you can imagine. And that's who you're going to be interacting with about your clutter clearing process. Mm. So just setting up the intention that this isn't just a venting session, that right. this is this is really somebody holding care and and help and love and who understands all of my all of my issues and fears and worries and shame and guilt and all of that. Yeah, and when I teach classes on this, I'll have people decorate their journals with an image that represents that kind of energy for them and write a letter to the journal and get a letter back from the journal to just kind of initiate that relationship. Wow. And it really seems to make a big difference. Um, So that's the first one. The second one is use your journal to get very specific. So for example, if you're trying to clear clutter in a particular space, ahead of time, write in your journal about what space you're going to work on and when you're going to work on it and how you're going to set things up so that you feel well supported while you work on it and how long you're going to work and those kinds of things so that you feel so that it's not vague so that it's not just, oh, I'm going to clear clutter, and then you sort of start somewhere. And yeah, yeah. My New Year's <laughs> resolution is I'm going to be a neat person from now on. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You want to make, make it all sound doable and inviting, and your journal can help you set that up. Very nice. And then I always invite you, after you've done a cluttering session, to go ahead and, and write about how it went afterwards, and then write, you know any thoughts you have about maybe what the next area is you should, you should work on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Celebrate your, celebrate your accomplishments. Yeah. And then the third one is whenever you're in the, in the process of going through your stuff and you get, you get hung up on something, maybe you've come across something that you feel like you think you should be able to get rid of, but 
you're just staring at it and you're not making a decision. Mm-hmm. Instead mm-hmm. of trying to force a decision, I really think it makes sense to just put that item down, pick up your journal, and write for five minutes. Mm. What, and you what, might just you might just start with the prompt, "What's going on?" Uh-huh. Or what needs to happen next with this object? Or how am I feeling now? Just something that helps you sink in, a little, go a little deeper, and gives you permission to feel what you actually feel and express it. And then usually that's going to move you to the next thing. That's going to clear the energy enough that then you can go back to your clutter clearing session and make progress again. Wow, wow. Yeah, I could see how that would be helpful because in my kind of frame of reference for that, it would be you're acknowledging the the feelings and the thoughts that that are not being acknowledged. And, And so often my journal writing has been about, you know, just honoring whatever wacky or loving or wonderful emotions there are, just acknowledging them helps them to, you know, helps me really to move into the next step. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and you never know what's going to come out. Like, you could be you could be sorting stuff under the bathroom sink and find yourself unable to let go of a shampoo bo- a bottle or something. <laughs> have no idea why. And all of a sudden, your, your, your journal reveals some quirky reason why this has hung you up. Oh, and my maybe, gosh. You know, maybe you just don't want it going into the environment or I, who knows. Who knows? But, but you know what? You just tr- you just triggered something for me. You know those little those little soaps that you get from the hotels? Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Underneath my sink, I've got a little collection of those. I don't know why I bring those home. And I used to bring them home and share them with people or, you know, make I actually used to use them when I was on a really tight budget with things, but I buy my own soap now and it's no problem. But I still have a big stack of those. I wonder what will come up when I try to, when I just sit and focus and listen to myself. (laughs) There's something there. Who knows what it is? I'm excited and nervous at the same time. Thank you, Carolyn. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Very good. It makes the whole experience not only more doable, but actually more engaging and interesting. You know, it's like it, it starts to become really interesting. And I can see how it could become more fun if it's if you're learning about yourself and clearing clutter is a part of your self-discovery. Yeah. Um, I could see where there might be some... In- I can see where a Gertrude might come up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. and, of course, I, and I should say, too, that sometimes you'll be going through stuff and it's related to some major pocket of grief that you're still in process with. And sometimes your journal will help you know it's not time to let go of that thing yet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so you just want to honor that. It's a way to really make sure you're checking in with yourself all along the way and not just making rash decisions or pushing yourself yeah. in a way. That yeah, For reinforcing your shame, really, yeah. 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 Very good. This is uh, Dynamite Stuff. And for people who want to learn more about you or get in touch, how do people get in touch with you or learn more about this? Well, a great place to find out about the various things I offer is my website, which is confrontingclutter.com. 
They can also email me at carolyn at confrontingclutter.com. Okay, perfect. Yeah, and I offer clutter coaching by phone or Skype, and I will use writing process, suggest writing processes for people and, and, you know, coach them about their clutter issues okay. and their mm-hmm. transition mm-hmm. issues. And tell us about your books as well. Um, are both books available on your website? Both books are available on my website. And my clutter book, which is called Confronting Your Clutter, Releasing the Excess Baggage from Your Home, Head, Heart, and Schedule, that's also available through Amazon. Okay, great. I'll make sure to put the links up on my site for that so people can get to that easily. And even though this podcast may not reach everybody by the time your course starts, do you want to talk a little bit about your course? Because it might be available in the future again, and I'd love people to know about your course. Yeah, I'm going to be doing a class called Simplifying Your 2015, A Gentle Approach. And that's going to be through the Therapeutic Writing Institute. That's an eight-week online class that incorporates journal writing throughout. And I I may be doing that class in the future. I may be doing other clutter-related classes in Mm -hmm. the future. Okay, all right. So the person there. So yeah, great, great place to to look for you there. Then at the uh, t, it's the twinstitute.com. I think right. That's right. That's right. Therapeutic Writing Institute, and that's related to Kay Adams and the Center for Journal Therapy. It's great content there all year long. Yeah. And I also do have a free newsletter that um, it's it's really just once every month or two, so I don't bombard people with too much. Okay. uh, (laughs) uh, That's the tricky part of that, Mark. (laughs) I was just thinking you're the clutter queen, and you don't don't want to clutter up people's email boxes. (laughs) But people can sign up for the newsletter by going to my website. Yes, confrontingclutter.com. Excellent, excellent. And do you have anything special in your bag, in that magic bag for Journal Talk listeners? I sure do. Well, um, if people email me at carolyn at confrontingclutter.com and they mention that they heard about me through through Journal Talk, I will send them my e-report on journaling to clear clutter, which is just loaded with great exercises and examples. And I think people will get a lot out of it. Okay, super. Thank you for making that available, Carolyn. That's so nice. Well, I'm really happy to do it. Great. It's a great way to have people get to know a little bit more about you and find out about about all your stuff. Is there anything else you would like to uh, share with the or, or have the Journal Talk listeners consider? I would just say that <laughs> when in doubt, write. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say just in general in life, when I'm feeling disconnected from myself, when I'm feeling bogged down in things, when I'm feeling stuck, I have now grown confident that if I set a timer for 10 minutes and start writing, I'm going to feel different on the other side of that 10 minutes. Wow. Wow. What a promise. That's so great. And I second that. I good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Thank you so, so much, Carolyn, for your time. And best of luck to you in 2015 and beyond. And, and to you. Yeah, thank you. And I'll see you in the looking back, looking forward 
journaling kit challenge. Great, and I hope to see lots of people there with us. <laughs> yes, me too. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. This episode of Journal Talk is copyright and brought to you by Write for Life, a web resource for living with passion, clarity, and purpose through journal writing. Find us online at www.writeforlife.us, spelled W-R-I-T-E, the number four, L-I-F-E dot U-S. Thanks again for listening to Journal Talk. Journal Talk.